0: Welcome back to Blue Milk Drop, a Star Wars podcast where we'll be covering everything about the franchise that we love. My name is Nate, and I'm joined by my good friend, Brucker. Brucker, how we doing? Boba Fett. Boba Fett, where? I'm doing well, man. I've been waiting <laughs> a year to do that
1: intro. Yes,
0: I'm doing <laughs> so good. Oh my God, that was amazing. What's that from?
1: It's from Return of the Jedi when Han is like still blind and he hits (laughs) hits Boba Fett in the jetpack and he falls into the Sarlacc
0: pit. Okay, I can hear it now. That was the clip I was watching right before we hit record. (laughs) That's awesome. And that's perfect because that's the perfect lead-in to what we're covering today. Because on this show, we'll be geeking over the first episode of The Book of Boba Fett. Chapter 1, Stranger in a Strange Land. So... Here's how it's going to go. We're going to cover the show details. We're going to go over our initial reactions, talk a little bit more about the things that stood out to us, move into some bold predictions, and then we're going to give it our rating before we close out the show. So just stay tuned, and uh, let's get into it. All right, so in terms of the episode details, the episode title was Chapter 1, Stranger in a Strange Land. The official release date was December 29th, 2021. The official runtime was about 37 minutes. Uh, this one was written by John Favreau, and, but it was directed by Robert Rodriguez. And obviously, we all know it was produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Robert Rodriguez. And the stars were Tamura Morrison, Ming-Na Wen, uh, David Pasquezzi, who was the major domo, and Jennifer Beals, who was the bar owner of The Sanctuary. And uh, here's a little summary of, of what went down, in case you were missing it. Uh, but before I get into it, spoiler warnings for this whole episode. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is fair game. So, you have been warned. Splish, splash, Boba, Boba Fett was taking a back-to-bath. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Uh, so, splish, splash, Boba Fett was taking a back-to-bath, having flashbacks of those Tatooine nights. Uh, exactly how Pat Oswald described it during his Parks and Rec filibuster, Boba Fett escapes from the Sarlacc pit in dramatic fashion uh, before getting pistol-whipped by a Jawa and choked out by... Goro from Mortal Kombat uh, to earn the Tuscan Raider respect. Flash forward to present day, our anti-hero is the new crime lord in town, uh, but he runs into some trouble with some of Scorpion's henchmen who said, Get over here! Uh, one Aladdin rooftop chase scene later, and we're set up for the next episode to learn who Boba's competition really is on the streets of Mos Espa. Okay. Everything aside, Brecker, start us off What is your initial reaction? So I have seen this
1: twice now. And my first reaction was that I was pretty whelmed. Like I liked it. I didn't hate it, but I wasn't necessarily blown away. And now that I've watched it twice, the second viewing, I had a lot more fun and was actually able to, um, I think, get what Robert Rodriguez was kind of trying to do, I think. So I I like it, but I wasn't amazed. Uh, What about you?
0: Well, hold on. Well, I want to know what changed for you. I guess what between ch- the two. I think what beginning
1: into I think what changed for me is just the direction that they're going with Boba Fett and like what he is now. Cause I just kind of felt like they were trying to okay, we have to first explain how he got out of the Starlight Pit and what he's been up to and now but also trying to keep what he's doing at present day going on as well, just to progress the plot. And I was like, this kind of feels a little disjointed, but I think I now get why those two stories are important to have, to share together uh, with us. And um, I, I ended up liking it a lot more the second time. Uh, and I had a lot of fun. And, you know, of course I'm so happy to have star Wars content back. Oh my goodness. It's so nice.
0: Mm-hmm. I think we had the same. Um, I think we had the same feeling. I was, I was definitely not blown away blown away blown away but it did send my mind into like a million different directions for where um i guess the show can go and where it can turn out i didn't think it, it was like a show that will probably draw a new new audience similar to mm-hmm. how the mandalorian did uh just because it was so heavy with i don't like needing backstory to things because like mando we didn't even know anything about him so like we were learning along with the new people but this one I feel like people will watch it and be like, wait, well, why is that significant? Where are they at? What is this palace? Who is Jabba? Who is Big Fortuna? Ex- you
1: know, exactly. I was going to ask you because as I was watching this, I was like, man, that like little stinger scene that they do at the end of Mando season 2 that like, that really felt like a requirement to watch that to kind of get caught up with what's going on in the first few minutes of mm-hmm. Fett." So I was going to ask if people hadn't seen that,
0: were they like confused about what was going on here? Yeah, yeah, I think I think they definitely would have been so that gave me like some concern because I thought um, I could see people calling this show like a failure, especially comparing it to Mandalorian and like the huge success that it had, just mm-hmm. because a, not a lot of new people are just going to not want to do the homework, right, to get into the show, which the show shouldn't require homework to get into it. So I think it, it'll be a good treat for, uh, I guess, us like lifelong Star Wars fans, but <clears throat> for the new people, I think it's going to be, uh, really hard for them to get into it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, cause I, I think I had the same thing as you with like the different mindset going into the episodes. I think I went in with a lot of expectations that they were going to start it off in a way that, uh, I guess new people can get involved with it, but they didn't at all. So I have to go into the next episode, like with that expectation or with no expectations really. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't disappointed by it. I thought it was nice. I liked seeing like some of the prequel flashbacks and stuff, but... That was so uh, cool. Yeah, but yeah. So, since since we're talking about that, let's let's go into like what stuck out, our favorite moments, favorite scenes. Kamino, um, man.
1: Like? I, I love the little flashbacks that we get of Camino. That was so cool. That makes me think that we're going to get more of that just because it was so quick. And... You think it's yeah. going to be like a little prequel heavy? Uh, I don't know if it's going to be prequel heavy, but I think because i I really think that they're trying to show that like his backstory is important to the character that he is now and you know they showed the Camino snippet and they showed the snippet from attack of the clones with him in the uh the the geonosis uh arena and Mm -hmm. picking up uh jango fett's helmet his father's helmet so i feel like that they wouldn't just do that Uh, maybe maybe they did that just to remind the audience like hey this is a prequel character like remember that but Mm -hmm. I I sure hope that we get more of him at Camino just cause for, I don't know, fan service. I think that'd be kind of cool thing to do.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. And I guess for, for everyone's knowledge, I don't know that we would get like a Camino present day scene. Um, because Camino was destroyed by the empire. Um, is that uh, in the, in the bad batch? It's canon now. Yeah. They destroyed it. They destroyed the facilities. Um, which sorry, Burker. I did say spoiler warning. I don't no, know was, if you've seen it, the bad, totally bad yet. fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that. Um, so I think it would be it would definitely be in the flashbacks that we'd get um, like Camino or Geonosis things. Because Geonosis was also wiped out. At least the, the species was eradicated by the Empire too. So mm-hmm. yeah, also canon. But yeah, I think um I think we we are gonna get a lot of of prequel things with those flashbacks. Uh, and I like that we're, they're kind of like giving us like little tidbits of his origin story in a way. Cause I did not want to just start over, you know what I mean? And, and go yeah. from the start and, and learn who he was. And I like that they're kind of keeping it short. Um, Cause you know, these origin stories can get a little bit too much and you can get caught up, caught up in it a little bit. And mm-hmm. I definitely want to focus more on like the present day while getting A little bit of what's where he's coming from
1: yeah yeah absolutely but i do think that it will be important especially like his time with like the Tuskins. i think that's definitely going to play a big role into who he is now and why um Mm -hmm. uh another thing that stuck out to me that i loved was just the relationship between him and fennec was super cool uh, mm-hmm. I love how trigger happy she is. Uh, you know, she's, <laughs> she's just ready to go, kill him. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was really good. Uh, I, they, I think that they have pretty good chemistry and that stuck out a lot to me. So I'm like, okay, this is a very fun duo. I'm excited to see what,
0: what they bring. Yeah. They really felt like partners. Do you feel like there's going to be like some tension between them? Cause I was kind of picking that up Ooh. that maybe she, cause the whole time she was just like, you know, you should probably do rule with fear rather than respect. Cause it's going to get you farther, especially during this time. And he, and he just, Completely disagreed with her, and he's like, No, trust me, like, this is how it needs to be. Um, and I I don't know, I just kind of felt a little tension between them, like, they just completely disagree on how things should be run. And I'm wondering if maybe she gets enticed to leave him or potentially kill him. We get like a fight between them in the future. Who knows?
1: I doubt that we'll go there, honestly, but I do like that subtle nuance that you're picking up on that because that's kind of something I didn't really pick too much up on because the main thing I really picked up on was. Uh, was when they went to Jessica Buell's uh, sanctuary and, uh, (laughs) you know, they're talking about how, like, you know, you really should get accustomed to how things are done. And he flips it back on her when they go in there to get their helmets cleaned. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that they have a pretty good relationship and that we'll kind of see that they learn from each other more so than are arguing. But, um, yeah, I I, I love, I just kind of love how they were, especially during fights, because they really know each other and i love how mm-hmm. boba fett had to tell her like uh he's like fennec alive you know it's, <laughs> it, it yeah. mirrors what vader had to say to him no disintegrations like i love that how you know star wars just keeps rhyming with itself like
0: that mm-hmm. oh that's actually that's a really good point because it's like oh man that real that's like a new layer of depth i didn't even realize is that boba fett was the trigger happy guy now he's having to like keep people reeled in Mm -hmm. interesting i'm glad you just said that because that see you know we at the beginning of the episode or before we started recording Brucker and i were talking about our ratings and how we think throughout the discussion they're probably going to swing a little bit and mine has already swung so (laughs) 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 there you go um but i think uh one thing one big scene that stuck out that i don't think we haven't touched on yet was uh the escape from the sarlacc pit were you satisfied with how that went i thought this was so cool
1: Mm-hmm. I, it was quick, but it didn't need to be long either. Um, I thought, honestly, this is probably my favorite part of the episode. I think yeah, <laughs> it was, it was so, cause it, cause Star Wars has that ability to, you know, to inspire awe, you know? And this was one of those moments where it's was just like, wow. So like, this is what it looks like. This is what it, I didn't even think about this, but like, this is what it sounds like. They had that like beating heart thing going and I was like, oh, I didn't even think about like the sounds it would be making and how it's pulsating and. Mm-hmm. uh also there's love that we see another stormtrooper in there with him
0: so <laughs> yeah. it was
1: it was it 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 was so good i loved it
0: yeah it was cool it's like they didn't do too much with it and they just made it how it was and they got it out of the way right off the bat so it wasn't something that we we're thinking about and they just they did it perfectly i did think it was because you had sent me that little video of um Patton oswalt describing it in that scene of parks and rec and how it would just matched up exactly. So I did think that was maybe like a little bit of pandering towards him since he's like a, a huge Star Wars fan and he probably has a lot of influence, I guess, and generally how people will feel about this show. But, um, well, uh, it I, worked.
1: Thought, I thought it was good. And I want to just go ahead and say that I actually wasn't the one that found that video. Uh, listener, uh, I guess future listener, first episode, <clears> whatever. Ethan found this and he sent this to me on Instagram. He's like, Hey, I thought that y'all would like this for the show. So thank you, Ethan, for sending that little
0: clip. Yeah. Shout out Ethan. Um, yeah. And, and it, it it worked. It worked. It was
1: very funny. I loved it. And it, it gave really good backstory to how he is. I don't want to say broken down, but he is aging and he is now. <laughs> sore and old and mm-hmm. he can't move as quick as he used to and everything. And he, he needs to adapt. And I feel like that's what this whole episode was about. was about like him adapting and changing from bounty hunter to like diplomatic crime lord.
0: Mm-hmm. And we got a little bit of that too whenever he was getting... He was like holding court when everybody mm-hmm. was kind of paying their respects. And he's like, that's so weird. Like This guy used to work for me. And now he's over here giving me a Wookiee pelt. <laughs> you know, like the Trandoshan guy.
1: The Trandoshan was so... The trans ocean looks so good. I hope that we get Bosk in this series. Yeah. He that looks really so good. good.
0: Yeah. That was, that was a species I was worried about just because of, I don't know. They look, he looked kind of ridiculous in like the OT stuff with like the extended extra long arms and like the way of the face. But, <laughs> you know, he was like blinking and his mouth was moving like in sync with the words. And it just, it worked. I liked it. I like what they were doing, especially with the aliens because they weren't shy about it. Like they went full blown with the Twi'leks and they looked, amazing Mm -hmm. um and then we got like like, a
1: a buff male twilight which i feel like we don't get too many of those so that was cool Mm -hmm. to see like equal representation of of men and women twilight that was cool
0: (laughs) yeah i loved the memes that showed the buff that buff male twilight next to kylo ren shirtless (laughs) oh man that's funny (laughs) yeah it was amazing um but man okay yeah jumping back into things that stuck out um it was nice to see jabba's palace in a new light so Mm. I think the last time we saw it was Empire Strikes Back before he died, before they went to the Sarlacc Pit, where it's just like hustling and bustling with like a bunch of uncouth characters, right? Like the slimy, grimy underworld that Job is a part of, and they're like in this dungeon, and it's gross, and it's foggy with smoke, and people mm-hmm. are just drinking and stuff. But now it looked clean with Boba Fett. And then we see like new rooms in the palace that we'd never seen before, like that the one that he had his like big back to tank in. And I was, was like, cool. well, lit. It had curtains. It was nice. Uh, good aesthetic to it. And uh, I feel like that it was like a cool little contrast to, to show the difference between Jabba the Hut and how he ruled with fear. And, you know, was a yeah. disgusting part of the underworld, whereas Boba Fett is, you know, the new man in town, right? He's running the show different hmm yeah no
1: it was very cool and, and i just want to correct before anybody goes oh my goodness uh, empire or return of the jedi is last time we saw it oh uh, whoops. N- not empire but no it's totally fine um no this was super cool i kind of liked how we just get like these nice little like dissolve edits like from like corridor to corridor um and i was getting i don't know if i want to get into this right now but uh let me know if you don't want me to go on this tangent but this whole first episode to me made me feel like i was getting the sense that robert rodriguez was wishing that he was like doing the vader series or something because i was it really felt like that they were like writing boba fett as if he was vader for like some of this at least like at least way the visual storytelling so like we open up with him in the back to tank first off and we kind of get like that ominous bass choir singing which was like kind of like what we get for like vader's palace in rogue one and of course just like the, the sound of the, of his breathing asp- uh, apparatus while he's in the back to tank kind of just gives me all those like notes of Vader. And he's kind of like a little bit older now. He like, you know, he's not like, he's not like how Anakin was before the injury. Now he's Boba Fett after this Sarlacc chemical b- acid burning injury. Um, and I was just kind of, I don't know. I was just kind of getting a lot of Vader vibes, especially like, with the whole like montage of the droids, like dressing him. Um mm-hmm. uh, Cause it kind of like gave me vibes again, like seeing like the droids, like screw on his arms and legs for Vader and putting on his chest plate and everything. And I don't know. I was just kind of like, this feels like Vader a little bit. Um, But I don't know. It was still fun. And uh, I I liked that. They're like, kind of said, you know, let's go ahead and just go with this kind of direction. But
0: uh, that could be just me looking into it too much. But uh, yeah, I was kind of like, I'm just getting so many Vader vibes right now. I could see that. Like he had some ulterior motives going into this. That yeah, as you were describing that, I was just picturing the whole thing, and it all it all matches up. And that I mean, that probably just goes with the whole like um, they like symmetry in the Star Wars world. So maybe that's exactly who they were trying to yeah. compare him to. And also all the stuff with the Tuscan
1: Raiders, it that stood out to me a lot. The Tuscan Raiders did because one, uh, this is, I think that this is the best that the Tuscan Raiders have ever looked. Like this is the coolest I think that they've ever looked. I love like the black uh, robes that they have, mm-hmm. and there's like many different like types of really like like you can tell each one looks a little bit unique from the next one whereas yeah i think like in tactical clones they all look the same and uh so i kind of i still like kind of that mirroring though of how anakin's first steps into vader was like the the sand people and now we're seeing or sorry tuscan raiders uh my my (laughs) slur (laughs) yeah sorry um and then um here we could see him being tortured, kind of like how Shmi Skywalker was. And I was just kind of like, I was like, man, I'm just like feeling all these ties to like him and like Anakin having like similar or parallel histories. Like this is so weird and interesting. I just don't, it might've been on accident. I have no idea what, if this was even on purpose and I'm just like picking up on like weird coincidences, but it, it was interesting.
0: Yeah. It's like they're running parallel lives, but going in different directions from each other. Right. Mm. okay that's interesting i I do like what you're saying about the tuscan raiders and I, I like that we're getting a little bit more depth um like they're becoming they're getting like a more definable culture i think compared to i guess how they've been portrayed in, in the movies because like in the movies they're savages uh they're spoken to as such um and then mandalorian we get a little bit of like you know they they talk to you they'll they'll work with you if you just kind of like respect their desert in tatooine mm-hmm. and um And then in this one, like, exactly like you said, they're all they're all unique. Like the one with the dreads. He looked so cool. Yeah, Um, super cool. And he was was the fighter and stuff. He reminded me of Quinlan Vos uh, from. Uh, Was one of the Jedi. So I was like, is that him? But probably not. Um, Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I like it. I like where this is going. And speaking of them, I like how. They like brought him out into the desert and we get encountered with that big like goro looking thing the the four-armed monster looking yeah. chameleon it's like, <laughs> like <laughs> lizard centaur thing yeah it looked like something out of uh like percy jackson you know <laughs> the one the mythology movie mm-hmm. or books i guess but gosh you know, that was interesting, and I
1: went at first, because, you know, like, the claws come out first, and it's like, it slowly comes out of the sand. I was thinking, are we getting, like, another crate Dragon or something? Like, a smaller one? I thought one? the same thing. Mm-hmm. But, no, it was this. It, this was cool. Um, it did kind of feel like, again, like, from his own history with Geonosis at the uh, the Coliseum, when they had to, like, fight those beasts, it, mm-hmm. it did kind of feel like that, too. Like, him, like, you know, fighting another beast with chains, like what Padme had, um, there so i don't know it was all cool it was all like kind of cool similar
0: Im- imagery um mm-hmm. with a and- little nod to leia with how he choked it out with the oh chains and yes stuff. yes like how she yes. choked out jabba yeah mm. yes i like that uh two
1: gross uh desert lizards um <laughs> <laughs> but i love how like the kid the little like, kid tuscan raider that's with them uh tries to like take credit for like the
0: the decapitation of it but like the the elder ones like we know what happened (laughs) you think that's what he was doing i thought he was just hype man it just reminds me of like a little kid being like oh my god you wouldn't believe what we just saw like the most amazing thing just happened (laughs) oh i took it at the kid be like look what i did you know like walking with the head yeah
1: yeah, and the the elder one just like kind of gave boba fett the little like water pod he's like i I know what happened thanks for not letting my kid die yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) he got his respect it gave me uh like uh dances with wolves vibes a little bit you know that yeah. movie where uh the soldiers like integrating with the Sioux native americans
1: mm.
0: he's like being accepted into their culture and i and that's i mean we saw him with like their little staff right fighting in mando so it's cool that we're going to get like a little bit of that backstory um mm-hmm. something that did stick out to me was I think the last time we spoke, you were talking about being disappointed that the show's mostly going to be set in Tatooine, and I'd and I'd said it probably wouldn't, but now I'm like, okay, I think it. it this is definitely going to be almost solely solely in in Tatooine. But I, to counter that, I think we're going to get the other planets in the flashbacks, mm-hmm. which leads me to a question: Is do these flashbacks bother you? And how would you feel if they did this throughout the entire show? Because I think. I'm thinking they're going to do this similarly to like the Mandalorian where about halfway through the season, the flashbacks stop once we kind of get the full backstory. But I don't know. They, uh, they seem to be kind of like slow playing this thing.
1: Yeah, they do. I don't know. I think that will, I don't know. Cause it, it almost feels like that, like the flashbacks kind of set up the theme of the episode or like provide an answer to a question. We don't know yet kind of thing like like, because like we got like the backstory of like him growing up and then being captured by these tuscan raiders and we're like okay we don't really know how that's relevant yet and then i think throughout the episode we kind of get at least seedlings of like why that's relevant at least for my interpretation of this episode Mm -hmm. but um i don't know we'll i'll be surprised honestly i'll be surprised if we get them the entire series i think it might be like what you just said like maybe there's a halfway point in which they stop and they get caught up
0: okay okay i was thinking the same thing um last thing two two final things (laughs) i want to say before we move into like predictions and stuff in which you obviously chime in and interrupt me as, as needed but one i thought it was funny that disney got um i feel like they got their input with that little rooftop chase scene because it felt like Disney's like, let's give him a little nod to Aladdin. Like, let's just oh, <laughs> let's slip that in there, you know. <laughs> Didn't it feel kind of yeah. weird though to have this in a Star Wars thing? Because,
1: because like we we've got chase scenes in Star Wars, but nothing like this exactly. Hardcore parkour. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because if it, it, it felt a little disorienting to me, it's like, oh wow, this is like we, we don't get this much, but it makes sense for Fennec, you know, how she can operate and do things, um, which I, I did love though. Uh, after he tells her, you know, alive, get get one of them alive, and she picks who to kill, you know, and she just mm-hmm. kicks one of them off the roof. So I have a feeling she just to be, like, oh yeah, the other one got it right, got away. Yeah,
0: just <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get him. He just, you know, he yeah. just ran away. Yeah, um, but lo-
1: logistically also makes sense that it would
0: be a lot easier for her to take one over than two. Yeah, that does make sense. It kind of felt like they did that also for like the video game players because. I think whenever you're fighting on like a tattooing map, if you are Boba Fett or somebody who can jump or somebody with a jetpack, you're pretty much just hopping from rooftop to rooftop finding people. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what that felt like. My second thing was the music in the sanctuary. Loved it. I yes. absolutely <laughs> it was amazing. And it was this, it was the Cantina band song, but it was like a Latin guitar flair. Yes. And I immediately was like, I am downloading this song. On my spotify and i'm gonna listen to this while i work because that was such such a perfect like ambiance, right it was so good i love that. yeah we got max rebo back like
1: that was so cool to see <laughs> the him, of, yeah. him there uh but yeah no that, that was that was something i had in my nose as well i loved a little like latin flair that robert rodriguez kind of tried to uh, i guess he did uh, try to incorporate uh in this cantina in the sanctuary which this sanctuary was really cool uh i, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot it it, it looked like kind of like a cross between like Canto by and like the other cantina that we've seen before, you know, just
0: a lot milder. So it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty cool. Yeah. It shows that, you know, tattooing's maybe not as gross as we thought and that things, things can be nice there. Um, but speaking of the music, last thing I want to say is what did you think of the intro song? Like the theme music for the show? Oh, it was good. I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was hype. I did actually didn't even realize That the theme song was still playing like throughout the beginning montage uh, until, you know, it cut out and the music was still playing. And I was like, oh, oh, that's this is the theme. Okay, this is awesome because it was getting me hype. I love the chants and uh, it just made me want to do some like push ups or something, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And and it feels. it's it's
1: good because like it's a different tone you know because we're transitioning from what we're used to which is like space opera and it's like no this is a crime movie you know this Mm -hmm. is like a crime this is a kingpin kind of character
0: so he's going to get that kind of music and it, it works really well yeah yeah exactly um do you have anything anything that else stuck out to you before we move into bold predictions uh two things um the the little fight scene that we get
1: in the i mean the only fight scene really that's in the i take that back the, the the present day fight scene that we get in Moss Espa with uh these red assassins or whatever i don't i don't know w- what these people are um i did love that we got to see that the shields like, like what happens when you touch them, because i think boba fett threw a guy on the shield and he's just there getting shocked i thought that was super cool <laughs> yeah because like as a person as like play like battlefront and all these games with like with like these energy shields i've always like wondered like would that like harm someone is it just like touching like a flat surface so that was cool to see that it actually has uh consequences of hitting um and i did love how again just going to like this whole like this is the Fett that we have now how he's worn out after this fight and he's talking to his Camordian guard he's like get me to the back to tank i need to heal mm-hmm. um i thought that was super cool and it shows that there are stakes to to him as a character you know that like he's not invincible that like he does need to uh get his health points get his hp back up for for her episode two uh <laughs> he has to reach the next checkpoint um the what, what did you think of that fight by the way
0: of the fight i thought it was cool um I don't know I was just I was a little it was kind of it was kind of short and everything yeah I was surprised how I guess beat up they're getting I know they were surrounded right I think I was just expecting a little bit more um I don't know I think I was expecting a little bit more of fighting Boba Fett from the Mandalorian whenever he is just completely murking all of those um stormtroopers but then i was thinking in my head i'm like you know these guys are probably a lot more skilled than the stormtroopers and because him running through them was just like they were a joke right so yeah it was and cool these, I, and these people also had shields which is different from stormtroopers I love how he was like
1: this dude in particular and just hit him with a wrist <laughs> oh, rocket the, yeah. that was great that was yeah, so and he great
0: was nowhere um, to be found afterwards
1: yeah nowhere like that he was like that dude that dude strikes me. Um,
0: <laughs> that guy strikes me.
1: <laughs> um, the other thing that I was going to bring up, and let me know if this isn't a good place to bring this up, was just I kind of mentioned this earlier with the with the Tuscan Raiders, but it kind of gave me an idea of like maybe what they were doing to Shmi Skywalker, because uh, I always kind of wondered like what, you know, like why, like why did like what was going on with Shmi and them like after they kidnapped her, but like this kind of sort of gave me an idea, you know, like they're kind of just. I, 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 I'm still like lost like why they kidnap people but I guess we're gonna mm-hmm. find out with these flashbacks but like that's something that I'm like kind of interested in finding out
0: yeah interesting I don't know I really don't know I don't actually know why they brought them to go farm for water when they came back with almost no water I guess they were excited from the fight but I don't know yeah them getting drugged was... the didn't make much sense to me
1: you did. You did just remind me. That was really cool, though. When towards the end of the episode, when they were going before the 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 lizard centaur came up, that they did see this gang. I guess. Uh, uh, oh my goodness! Loot this ho- home and like kind of like tag it. I definitely think that's going to come back up. Uh, sorry, we'll get to future stuff in a minute. Um, but I did love seeing actual moisture farming there because we did see like a little spigot spewing water so that was kind of mm-hmm. cool to actually see what moisture farming looked like so yeah that was
0: cool that's a good point so let's um let's go transition into bold predictions and where this is going because i think that what you brought up with that i guess that gang who had <clears throat> who had attacked the moisture farm and I, I feel like those were probably the same people that we saw in the flashback scene in the mandalorian you remember that episode where Cobb vanth mm-hmm. is talking to mando and he's just like yeah once the empire was destroyed like crime went up immediately. Like literally those crime, I guess, henchmen just kind of walked into that bar and just like shot everybody. And I feel like um, probably the same people. Um, that would be a cool tie in, right?
1: Oh, yeah. that would be really cool if him and uh, what, what was his name? Cobb, Cobb Vance. If,
0: if mm-hmm. they link up in this show, that would be cool. Oh, I definitely think they're going to have some sort of run in, especially now that Cobb Vance is Okay. With the uh, oh, you know what? I just had a thought. This is a new thought that I don't have written down. You just gave me the idea that what if we do? What if Boba runs into Cobb Vanth and sees his armor on him? And that's how he knows to like start chasing after him. Because like maybe Cobb Vanth attacks like the Tusken Raiders because he sees them as savages at that time. And Boba like helps protect them. And at the same time, he's seeing his armor and he's just like, oh this guy's trouble, not only because he's attacking my new like accepted culture and accepted family, but because he's got something that's mine and that's something that belongs to me. So he starts tracking him.
1: Interesting. That would be really cool. I definitely mm-hmm. think that Tuscan Raiders come into the present day storyline, mm-hmm. um, but that would be really cool to see them like duking it out over that. That would be really cool.
0: Yeah. In terms of who that crime syndicate probably is, I think they are part of Red Dawn and I know they don't have the same symbol, but I was, I was sitting and I was thinking, I was like, who is like the big bad of the show? Cause Boba Fett is our, he's our protagonist, right? He's mm-hmm. our, but he's an antihero in some way. And I think the dynamic for the show is that maybe like the mayor is going to be the equivalent of the client, right? The client from the Mando, oh. because we thought he was the main bad guy pretty much for the entire first season. And it wasn't until the end of the show that we realized, oh, the client actually reports to uh, Giancarlo Esposito's character, Moff Gideon, and he's the actual bad guy, but we don't really get into him too much. So I think for Book of Boba Fett, I think Red Dawn is like the overall like Moff Gideon equivalent, like Kira from Solo, Mm -hmm. um, Han Solo's ex-girlfriend. And I think that the mayor's probably like, one of her pawns. Right. And he's got like his cronies kind of ravaging the town. Like he's the mayor and he's like, you know, I'm going to protect you guys and I'm going to, I'm going to stop crime here, but he's actually the one who's doing the crime. So he can stop it whenever he wants. And it like makes him look good and kind of gives him like some stature in Mos Espa. You, do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the dynamic for me and like where this is going overall.
1: I I think, yeah, I I think that we'll see something similar with that because at first I was thinking that those red dudes were coming from uh, the the sanctuary, the the boss who owned that because I found that like super suspicious that they were attacked immediately leaving that place. But I guess that makes sense because it's called a sanctuary, so maybe they're just waiting for them. I don't know, but I still find it suspicious. Um, but there was that whole ominous thing of at the beginning with uh the, the mayor's like diplomat going and saying that, like, no, Boba Fett actually owes him tribute. Um, so that was going back, <laughs> yeah, th- that was funny and like ominous. And I think that the um, going back to the trailer, uh, we did see kind of like the slug looking crime lord or whatever, and we haven't seen them yet, and I believe. Through other TV spots, we see Fennec and Boba Fett returning the captured, like, assassin person to him. So, uh, yeah,
0: I feel like that this dude is probably that mayor that you were just talking yeah. about. The Ithorian. Yeah. yeah. hmm I definitely agree. Um, Interesting. So, you just reminded me of something that we didn't even touch on. So, everybody kept referring to Boba Fett as a daimyo. Do you know what that is? I don't. Okay. So... I'm glad you said that. You set me up perfectly (laughs) because I was going to define it anyway. Uh, So basically a a daimyo is a term like from our own world history. Uh, And it's, it was used in like feudal Japan, like back in the day. So these figures, the daimyo's were basically like military rulers and they were, they were in charge of like territories and regions and stuff. Uh, But they've reported to one main leader, the shogun. So the dynamic with the daimyo's though, is that like, not everybody lived like in unison, even though they reported to the same person, like a lot of these people would um, like team up to take someone else's territory. And then those two that teamed up, they'd fight each other for the overall territory for all three. Right. So there were, it was called feudal Japan because they were just always like, um, you know, fighting over territories and eventually maybe trying to become the shogun at some point. So I feel like that set up a lot for like where this show was going. So Boba is just one of many crime lords, probably in Tatooine and probably in Mos Espa, right? Mm. And I bet you that the mayor is one of those other daimyos or he runs it, just like I was saying, like in the background. And Boba, it just completely walked up on his turf and he's like, this is not okay. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) get, we're going to be fighting. We're going to be at odds or something. And I feel like it adds this this little detail added a ton of depth to Boba Fett's character for this show. Um, and even Jabba, like looking back, cause you don't really think of him that way. You kind of think of him as like the overall guy in tattooing, mm-hmm. but maybe he wasn't. So just, an, just an interesting thought of where this could that's, be going there. Or... That's
1: really cool. Cause that's something I was going to ask you about. Cause you've been really good And like when we watch Mando and other stuff that of picking up when they have, good inspiration from westerns because they do do that and mm-hmm. inspiration from from like Japanese culture and like those uh, like samurai uh, culture as well which we don't know is like heavily influenced George Lucas so I was definitely going to ask you which you were feeling more in this show so so that's
0: cool that you kind of answered that for me there <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're definitely still going for that mix but I, I think it's it's definitely more um, Japanese shogun despite Japanese shogun just Japanese culture
1: mm-hmm
0: any, any thoughts on where this is going to go for you overall? Yeah, so so that
1: was kind of like one of my complaints the first time I watched it was that w- when we watched the first episode of Mando and it ended with him finding uh, Baby Yoda, like we kind of got an idea, okay, this is going to be the show now. Like him returning this or taking care of this creature. And at the end of this, the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't really know what the, like, the through line is quite yet. And I was like, is it just him trying to collect tribute? It's like, it's like is that what the show's going to be about? And it might be, I don't know. But like, I, I still feel like it's a mystery box of like what the actual like through line is for this, you know? Um, So I think like future directions, we're kind of just going to see, Yeah, I think that they're going to return in the next episode. They're going to return that captured person that Fennec has. And that's going to reveal- kind of like the big conflict for the season, I think okay. um, of like, who's after them or like what kind of uh, uh, territory uh, dispute or whatever, like fight that they're going to have. Um, and I think that my bold prediction for the season or just kind of like how it's going to climatically come together is that he's going to have to, there's going to be some sort of big battle and he's going to have to ask for help from the Tuscan Raiders. And like, they're going to help, like him, like supplement an army for him. I think, and mm-hmm. I think that's like the direction the show's going.
0: And he's got numbers when he does that too. Interesting. Yes. Okay. I I like that. I like that direction. I think. um, I completely agree. I have nothing to. I, guess, <laughs> <laughs> to, I have nothing to rebut on that, right? Yeah. I'll, I think. Then I'll, I'll I'll just give part of my bolt prediction then, since. Mine was not exactly like yours. I actually like yours a lot better, so I'm just not even going to say mine. Oh no! <laughs> In no, terms of that, no, no. I really think I, I just like I, I want to go with yours. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with that. So I'm gonna give a bold prediction for the flashbacks instead. Okay. So when we got these flashbacks to um, Camino and we got them to Geonosis, it, ge- it just made my mind race for the possibilities for these flashbacks, right? Cause like what you were saying before, like they're kind of giving us a little bit of who he was and we see who he is now. So back then, like context for Boba Fett right after his father's death, he was an angry person and he went way out of his way to recruit other bounty hunters to help him kill Mace Windu. Like that was his main objective. Like throughout the Clone Wars TV show episodes, He was trying to kill Mace Windu. That was his only objective. Um, And I think, I know, I I guess, (laughs) I know you guys haven't heard uh, anything about like the Mando episodes that we did before. And I pretty much talked about Mace Windu the whole time. And I think this is when we're going to get Mace Windu. So I'm just going to keep saying it until it's right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Speaking it into existence. (laughs) I'm speaking it into existence. And I'm not going to be disappointed if we don't get it. But I really do think that we're going to get some sort of conflict resolution between him and Mace Windu at some point with these flashbacks. And I don't think it's going to be anything like super drawn out or super long. I think it's just going to be like this is what happened. This is how they handled it. And really it would be the perfect setup for uh Disney and Star Wars to have like a spin-off book from this show to talk mm-hmm. about a Mace Windu survival story. Um and I think I how I think it's going to go down, I think he's going to encounter him. I think he's going to kill Mace Windu, like, but not the Mace Windu that we know. I think I feel like he's going to be an angry person, um, someone who is, you know, wanting revenge, which is exactly what Boba Fett is in the same situation of. And I feel like he's probably going to teach Boba Fett some sort of lesson on I just just being vicious, right? Just, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting way too into it. And I say this cause I'm currently reading, uh, Shatterpoint, which is a book on Mace Windu. And he's talking about like how he struggles with fighting the dark side, like on a daily basis. It's not even just like huh. when he fights, it's just like a daily struggle. So this is where this is kind of coming from. And I'm, I'm kind of pulling from that Shatterpoint book of Mace Windu's fight with, uh, with the emperor was the breaking point with Palpatine was his breaking point. And he is now like fully submerged in the dark side. And he's thinking about this constantly. Boba Fett's going to encounter him. He's going to see this. And that's going to change him as a person inside. Because I feel like maybe he won't get to him in his youth. But he will in the time between Empire Strikes Back. Or excuse me, Return of the Jedi and this show. Because I feel like maybe like five years has probably passed between that. So Mm -hmm. it's just a thought. No, I mean, I, w- I would love
1: to see Mace Windu come back into this. I think I love how you keep gunning for that uh, every time <laughs> we, we we get back together to talk about Star Wars. i like, yeah, man, he's going to come back up. Um, I like that. I think for the flashback stuff, I think that it's more going towards um, just... I, I'm, I'm curious because I think it's going to go one or two directions with the flashback stuff because you just kind of gave a prediction for that. I think it's either going to go with how the Tusken Raiders accept him as one of their own and he becomes like trained in their ways and things like that. Because I think like his style of fighting is very different from what we see now compared to stuff that we saw in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, or something's going to happen. He's just going to wipe them out because <laughs> I just don't know if I could see the Tuscan Raiders just willingly letting somebody just leave. So, um, so I'm curious to see like how that plays out. It's either going to be very peaceful or very violent. So you think? Yeah, Ooh. I think so. Yeah, I, I just like I, I, could see them like accepting him as one of their own, but like something happens and he like has no choice but to just wipe them out in order to leave, which then c- completely contradicts my bold prediction that he like goes to them for help for later on the show. But I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's going to be it's either gonna be super peaceful super violent and we'll see what
0: happens i don't know i feel i feel like he would probably respect them too much to do that true and i I think it will be
1: peaceful though because i feel like that like the purpose of these flashbacks is to show how he learned how to be diplomatic and like solve issues as a leader which is like playing into the crime lord that he is now, so I feel like that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the purpose of these Tuscan flashbacks.
0: Okay, I can get with that. I, I see a world where both of our flashback predictions work together. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you don't agree, dude? Okay. Wait, are we going to see uh, his ship, Slave One, in
1: this? I really hope we do.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think when we got that Camino flashback, it was probably. I think the purpose of that scene was to remind us that he does have this ship. And yeah, I'm curious just, how he's going to get this back. Cause yeah. Cause we just like completely forgot. We didn't see that this episode. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. That'll that will be, be. Fun. I bet you this gang has it is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that will be some, that will be yeah. something. Okay. I think, uh, those are, that's all the predictions I have. That's, just, I'm, I'm going to keep it light and I promise next episode. I won't, keep saying mace windu but <laughs> 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 that's just where i'm at uh in terms of an episode grading what would you give this out of five death stars
1: i think i was going i think i'm going to go like three three out of five death stars mm-hmm. um i was kind of teetering if i was going to go like a slightly lower than that but i
0: think through this conversation i'll sway a little bit more and it, three out of five i think is good yeah i i'm, I'm the same i'm the same uh when i said i had swung up I started with a three I swung up to a 3.5 and I came back down to a three so I don't <laughs> I don't know what it, what it was in particular I think it was probably like an accumulation of small things that uh, brought it back down to its original score but I think we're on the same page all right. like this <laughs> all right that being said I think that that does it for the show Brooker, do you want to go ahead and close this out yes uh thank you
1: everybody for listening and thank you for everybody that is following us on our socials at blue milk drop i want to give a shout out to ethan thank you ethan for sending us that that cool clip on instagram and also want to shout out jess who replied to our story which i was asking you know what did everybody think of chapter one and jess just said squeal so i'm assuming that she likes it (laughs) um thank you jess and people be sure to follow us and to let us know what you thought and we'll give you a kind shout out here Follow us on Spotify and iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you do listen to us on Spotify or iTunes, please give us a five star rating.
0: All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Boba
1: Fett, where?
0: <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>